0: You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News.
1: Well, hello again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, October the 19th, 2018, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hempke. and joining us as usual this fine Friday morning is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning.
0: Hey, Craig. Um, pretty interesting week here. Uh, Gold's, as we speak, trying to sort of break to a new uh, recent high here i think we hit a high of like 1232 or something we're pretty close to that right now so it's looking good lots of reasons to like uh, gold and silver here so lots of chat about it.
1: Let, let's start there my friend it was 31 years ago today i was just a young pup in college back then uh with 31 years ago today that we had black monday here in the u.s with the Market down twenty percent, and there'll be a lot of talk about that today. A lot of talk about that over the weekend, and uh, we're probably not on the verge of a twenty percent daily drop in the stock market. But it's certainly having trouble again with higher interest rates. It seems every time the ten-year pushes up to to three twenty or so, down goes the stock market, and that seems to be helping uh, helping gold and silver as well. Do you see maybe that trend continuing?
0: Well, I guess the one thing I would look at uh, is that most markets in the world most stock markets are in their markets save the North American markets almost uh, you know, look at China was down I think it was down 32 percent this year yeah like there's a lot of liquidity issues in a lot of markets and when you are the only, when you're the last man standing they're going to be selling American stocks first because they're the ones that are theoretically liquid so I think that that's leaning on markets. Uh, I think the structure of markets is very risky. The the types of people pulling the strings, you know, that they're trading between stocks and bonds and, you know, watching this momentum and that momentum and like it's just weird, weird stuff going on in the markets that a, a fundamentalist would never understand. Okay. But some guy thinks he's got a theory. Uh, that's going to allow him to make money, then all of a sudden he finds out like, the theory doesn't work. And uh, all of a sudden they got to reverse the rules. I mean, I read last week that there was a day that uh, some group of funds had to sell $488 billion of securities that day because something flipped uh, between bonds and stocks. Well, that's kind of a crazy way to, to have your market uh, fluctuate based on those kinds of constructs. So um, I should uh, rem- remind uh, you, or at least tell you, I vividly remember, uh, even though you were just a youngster at the time, but I vividly remember 1987. And um, I remember not the Monday, but the Tuesday, because I'm in Canada, and you know the U.S., as you say, fell 20% that day. And the next day, Canada figured it out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and we had the opening the next day, and there were no bids for anything. And I can very very well remember saying to my partner at the time, you know, if this market stays where it is, we're going to be out of business at the end of today. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, ten thirty that morning, things on the Tuesday things reversed and uh, the bids started coming back. So it was it was kind of quite a, a gut wrenching time.
1: Certainly was, certainly was. And uh, you know, a lot of folks say never again. But you know, if it's happened before. It certainly means it's possible to happen again. You know, I want to ask you about the, um, the world physical situation because we've got some interesting news this week. But before I forget, I want to point out for everybody else in the world, individuals have a physical situation. You know, if central banks are buying gold, uh, wouldn't it be a good idea for individuals to follow their lead and buy gold as well? You can certainly do that at Sprott Money. We make it easy for you. You can come to SproutMoney.com and do that, and there we have the Sprout Fall Catalog. You need to check that out. Great selection of coins and bullion uh, and special offers in that fall catalog. But there's special offers all over the Sprout homepage. You go to the deals page and you'll see them there. Uh, so please remember Sprout next time you're adding physical. Speaking of adding physical, my friend, my goodness gracious, I saw the numbers yesterday for India. 95 metric tons. They, uh, they brought in and imported in August. 95 metric tons is nearly half of the monthly global mine supply. It's um, still running a little bit below 2017's annual pace, but nonetheless, between that, Hungary, Poland, Kazakhstan, the ETS, sure seems like there's a lot of physical gold demand out there.
0: And, of course, one of the things that happened in India is that the Central Bank of India bought some gold for the first time in over a decade. That's right. We had the uh, Hungarians increase their uh, gold hoard by 1,000% in a month, went from like 3 tons to 33 tons. And by the way, 30 tons is not an insignificant purchase. Right. Uh, you know, when there's only 200 tons available, uh, ex-China, ex-Russia. And, and there's about 3,000 tons globally mined, uh, but a lot of that is in Russia and China. It doesn't leave those countries. So, um So those numbers are critical. I mean, the fact that Poland came in, I I think the Kyrgyzstan Central Bank came in, and you start to see these central banks coming in that were nowhere to be seen. And I would add that I I read uh, The High-Tech Strategist, which is a great, great publication written by a a gentleman by the name of Fred Hickey. And um, he reports in his High-Tech Strategist that um, unnamed but very authoritative sources Tell him that the People's Bank of China is buying gold and in big quantities, like more than the Russians. And the Russians are buying about 28 tons a month. And he says that uh, this a person suggests that the Chinese purchases are about 35% bigger than that. So you're talking about 35 tons. Oh my God, between the Chinese and the Russians and the Indians, you can almost account for all the gold produced. Uh, and furthermore, we have the. Uh, the ETFs starting to buy gold, particularly the European ETFs, but even the ETFs in, uh, in North America now are uh, are starting to add. So I think there's a uh, pretty interesting development in the, in the physical market. We all know that the coins are selling a lot faster these days, like there's individual people coming into the market. So uh, on the physical front, things look pretty good.
1: Yeah, and it makes you wonder if uh, we are finally due for... Uh, a little down cycle economically and in the stock market, and all of a sudden the Fed starts talking about cutting rates instead of raising rates, Uh, yeah, maybe even that uh, retail demand will pick up.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the really big questions is, you know, what's going to happen to interest-related industries, i.e. housing, automobiles, things like that? We've already seen very, very powerful signs that housing is really cooling down here. Uh, car sales are cooling down. Uh, the retail sales haven't been particularly punky. So uh, I think there's lots of reason to think that the Fed may have to change, even though I think on the surface they would like to kind of ram through a couple more increases so that if and when there's some shock to the system, they have a hand to play. And, of course, you can sense that they might be thinking there is a a shock to the system coming when you see what's going on in stock markets. I mean, we've had some pretty volatile sessions here, and generally weak. So they have to be, they got to keep their powder dry here. So we will it's, it's uncertain what the Fed's going to do. I don't think that anyone should count on it automatically for rate increases next year. Yeah.
1: Eric, one thing that has been interesting, too, on top of uh, everything else, is the move in the shares. Uh, the HUI index is, gosh, it's up almost 20% from its lows and it's uh, starting to look pretty nice, technically. There's a, a handful of uh, specific mining companies that uh, you and I have been monitoring and and, uh, and watching, and you've been down to visit over the last uh, several months, couple of years. And there were some updates this week. A couple of interesting things came out. I wonder what your thoughts are on all that.
0: Uh, well, of course, uh, a couple that I've spoken about. Uh, one is uh, uh, RNC Minerals, Royal Nickel. And um, I just... I, I keep I spent a lot of time looking at it because I keep seeing pictures coming up on websites of these unbelievable gold laden well they're boulders really. They're not nuggets, but yeah. they're boulders. And um I mean we've already got them estimating that they they found thirty to thirty five thousand ounces in this one small area. I mean it's just it's outer worldly, okay? And it's hard to come to grips with things like that because you wonder whether you're just being an idiot because the results are so great. But it is a stunning turnaround. Uh, I'm sure as they keep blasting, I mean, the, I get the sense from reading some of these chat lines that things are going well down there. So um, it, could be, it could be a very exciting uh, turnaround. Um, another one that uh, I've recommended that hasn't fared well is Garibaldi. Uh, they came out with some interesting results yesterday. Stock went up about 30% on the day. Uh, it looks like, I mean, I've always believed in the people, the area, and the potential size of the resources that nickel copper play with PGMs and gold. Um, that It looks like they might be uncovering something significant. We all hope it's going to be at least as big as Boise's Bay. If it is, I mean, there's huge upside in these things. So uh, we're going to stand by to get some real drill results where we can start quantifying what the resource might be, but it's going uh, going pretty well. You know, before we, we end the call, I probably should make comment on the COT reports, which were very uh, good last week. I'll just leave that at that. The other thing I found interesting is a report out of the World Gold Council where they're saying, you know, Chinese investors and institutions should have a 3 to 6% position in gold to balance off the effect of uh, stocks and bonds. Now, if you're in China, stocks and bonds have gone down and gold has gone up. And I could see and you can see around the world where with all these weak currencies and these weak markets that uh, many, many institutions and people and individuals would be thinking about owning gold. Now, what's interesting about a 6% position in gold, if the Chinese wanted to have a 6% position in gold, they'd have to buy six years of gold production, 100% going to China. And that's just with a small allocation to gold. So with this whole, you know, people come around to gold. Even the smallest of allocations brings in huge buying, with the, if, where if that buying actually was physical, which of course we have some instruments that are not really physical and not in mind, right? Uh, but that could really uh, set things alight here, and, and the market's kind of setting up where you know there's weakness in stocks, weakness in bonds. Where do I go? Uh, all the currencies are weak, and yeah, I I sometimes look at the price of gold in India. Man, it's nearly at an all-time high here. So and and they're the biggest buyers in the world. So they got to be feeling good about those decisions. And as we've already pointed out, the demand was good in August. Preliminarily, I sort of read a data point today that in dollars, the amount of uh, gold that went into India in September went up by 50%. So I don't have the number in tons, but uh, this, this, these, the, the way things are evolving, there's lots of reasons to be optimistic that we could be in for a more significant move than we might have imagined.
1: And, and you're right, Eric. I mean, we, you and I spent a lot of time talking about the price of gold in dollar terms. But man, where the currencies have been devalued, you know, the price of gold in Iranian real, you know, or uh, yeah, you name it, wherever else you want Turkish lira, it is, uh, gold's doing exactly what it should do.
0: Yeah, it's doing exactly what it should do. And all of history proves it's a safe haven asset. And it's interesting. I went to the, I uh, was speaking at the uh, Royal Australian Club in Melbourne and in 1865 the club was purchased for 6,500 pounds sterling. <laughs> it's probably worth 20 million today. Yeah. And it, it just tells you what currency does given time and there's just a million examples of that. Yeah. So it stands the test of time and as things are getting a little shaky here in the markets you can see the safe haven bid coming in the gold.
1: That's right and you know as we said earlier if institutions and central banks, uh, if they're all accumulating gold, holding at least some as protection against this currency's <laughs> madness, I mean, shouldn't individuals do the same? If, when you buy it, you got to store it someplace. That's always important, too. Yeah. Uh, everybody should recall and keep in mind that you can store your precious metals under the trusted Sprout name. You can take advantage of Sprout Money's domestic and international storage program, Sprout Money, Offer secure storage at six different locations around the world. You can store it in Canada, the U.S., the Caymans. That'd be a good place. you go down and visit it every once in a while. Or Switzerland, Singapore. Again, all you got to do is go to SprottMoney.com or call us at 888-861-0775. Eric, always a pleasure to visit with you, I suspect. Uh, it's going to be interesting to talk to you again next Friday, and so I'm very much looking forward to it. Until then, I hope you have a good weekend.
0: Okay, you too, Craig. All the best. Let's hope that lots of great things happen.
1: And from all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend.